welcome to another episode of Block Talk. I'm your host as always, Michael Block. If you love the podcast, make sure you subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts so you never miss an episode, and leave a five-star review while you're there. And as always, follow me on Instagram, threads, and TikTok at MichaelBlockTalk, on Twitter slash X at BlockTalkNYC, and visit TheOtherThanNow.com for latest news, reviews, and interviews. It's time to check into the haunted hotel where you can't check out unless you're evicted for serving mediocrity. It's time to talk all things bellhops and rodents at the Scare B&B from the latest episode of Dragula Season 5. And with me is someone who thinks rats are people too, OG Fag. Yes, rat right. Let's hear it. Oh god, I can't. Y'all, you're going to hear me discuss it later on, but um, we found the thing that would break me big time apparently that was like really kind of funny to me i was like of all the things okay Mm-mm. i don't do rodents don't do them um indiana jones can't do snakes i can't do rodents that's that's the everyone that's has the their line listen it really is all right as always i must leave a disclaimer this is an entertainment podcast. Let me reiterate, it's an entertainment podcast. We are discussing reality TV show characters that's presented to us, a reality television production. We are shown what the editing of a television show wants us to see. We react to what is presented. Yes, these are real people that give an opportunity to go on television to share their craft, but they've also put themselves in a position to be discussed. What is said in this podcast is for entertainment to discuss reality television show. Let me in- reiterate that. Entertainment. To discuss a reality television show. It's all fun and games. Not that serious. Is this entertainment? <laughs> oh, it is entertainment, baby. I am the most entertained motherfucker on this planet. Um, I am at the moment also nominated for a Glam Award for Best Writer Blogger. You know, history repeats itself. <laughs> It's waiting for that other one, though, um, after a big, massive shocker last night for someone who did not get nominated for um, Best Nightlife Photographer, I'm now thinking I'm going to get left out of podcast because these voters are going wacky, wild, cuckoo. It's just another opportunity for you to retain your status as the Juju B of the drag of the Glam Awards. <laughs> I just I, listen, I just want the nomination. If I don't get the nomination, I'll be like, oh, OK. Mm. Ryan, we've got some work to do. Anyway, um, Dragula, season five, we're here. Do you consider yourself a spooky bitch? I think I do more often than not. I think that I live in the Dragula universe for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, what's the spookiest thing about you? Probably that I'm not afraid to go up in the club with something that's a little outrageous. I think sometimes I reflect back on just some of the stuff that I've worn. Like I will fully show up in diapers. There was one time that I showed up with a a whole headpiece made of onions that was really offensive to just like everyone in the establishment. So I'm like that. I'm fully prepared to be your worst nightmare. (laughs) Yeah, just I, I can already see you just coming over and dressing up like as a rat. Exactly. Absolutely. Now, I want to just play a quick, quick game. Fuck, Mary kill. Ghosts, vampires, werewolf. I would 
kill the werewolf. I don't really do Harry. Mm-hmm. That's not me. Um, I think that I would fuck the vampire and marry the ghost. All right, there it is. Then we now we know everything about you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, speaking of ghosts, let's go. What, you know, Wait, what if you did it? What what would you what would your take be on it? Um, I would probably go the same direction as you because I mean you gotta marry the ghosts, they're gonna be there forever anyway. Um, and they'll get jealous of the vampire who I mean I'm sure they can figure out how to suck their um, non-existent blood. And, and yeah, werewolves, I mean, I don't really do that whole um twilight bullshit, not for me. <laughs> oh, me either, period. No. All right. Well, we're going to enter a spooky lobby where the boulets are waiting at the front desk. We are welcome back to another eerie installment of Total Death and Destruction. Is that a new spinoff? I don't know that title. Yeah, I don't know either. Our next chapter in the phantasmal pageant has us being checked into a suite, and it's not like the sweet life of Zach and Cody, who had a very special day this week. They finally I was, got their Italian food. Yeah, I was dying when they posted their like inboxes and all their tags from that day. It was so funny. It was like endless. So many people. <laughs> yeah. In a very interesting move that is seemingly new to us, the Boulets will essentially give us a previously on recounting Onyx's elimination and throb zombie shocking misogynists everywhere by snatching the win. So obviously these are filmed following shooting, but Do you like more movie aura or prefer them giving us a play-by-play of the previous episode, which we just had in the previously on seconds before? Yeah, I think that I preferred when they were, I guess, divorced, you would say, of the actual content of the episode, because I feel like it gave them more to play with. You know, when you have to do the recap of what the episode was before, it feels like you're a little bit more locked in in terms of what you need to cover versus just being able to be more open-ended and just have fun with it while kind of catering it still to the theme of the episode. Yeah, like last week, I think was perfection. Like the whole like teasing of who's actually going to win while spoiling it, if you really paid attention. Right. Um. Yeah, I like that. I did. They just not have any content for this. Did they not have an idea or a bit? Like, I'm sure they like. I'm sure there was a universe where they could have had the portraits on the wall be the top three of the week. I don't know. Just a thought that I was if I was there. Um, yeah, I and just I didn't like- need this rehash. Right. And because I feel like I agree with you, especially going off of the previous week where there were the dolls in the space. I really thought it was a missed opportunity to have portraits on the wall of the contestants, you know, so I wish that they had leaned into that a little bit more. And I'm curious to see what the continued weeks are going to be like in that regard. Now, if you were to own a Scarabnb patent pending, what would it be called and where would it be? Oh, boy, I think I would call it the... Let's go air, boo, and boo. And okay. I think I would go for some kind of maybe European cliffside location, something Ooh. that's going to have a little bit of the sort of perpetual gloomy, a little bit mystery, the fog element. So basically, essentially, it's if you don't like what's happening there, you got to jump off the cliff. And also that, exactly. You got a way out, but that's going to be it. That's it. All right. All right. Well, I can't wait to see it being opened and I'll send someone to go um, review it for me because I don't want to die. There you go. 
It's time to mash it up back in the lab as the monsters prepare for the next outing in the Boulay Manor. Spirits are high as they wait to find out which fallen comrade will not be coming back. But let's peep the beginning of the flirtation of Orc and Neo. Like, do we really need a love affair? But we'll get to it. Mm. Satana thinks Onyx will be going home because they didn't see them as who they are in drag and Cynthia presents a clear image of who she is. Are you buying that? You know, I think the feedback was just so interesting from the week before because I I just feel as though in terms of the theme, like Onyx was really on it. I mean, not that Cynthia was not. I really think that Cynthia should not have been in the bottom, honestly. Like, I think that satana should have been in the bottom again because of just like what that was so for satana Mm -hmm. to sit there and have that kind of read of it of just like well i'm not getting who onyx is i'm like girl who are you though because i feel like i'm not getting that you know so i thought it was a little bitch yeah exactly i'm like come on or thinks onyx is a freak and is confident about her skills see freaks to the front throb thinks cynthia will fight fucking hard and that's period and fantasia has been safe for two weeks is getting in her head so fantasia is going through that spilt milk fantasy that we know from the other television program (laughs) fully fully rob feels fantasia hasn't been in the top yet as they haven't seen her bring the ferocity of some of the monsters he's ready to see something sinister keep waiting daddy yeah i mean i've got to imagine it's coming Sure, let's go with that. Blackberry will point out that Neo and Orc have been loving on each other in the top both weeks. Are they nervous? Well, Orc will say that he adores Neo and makes them work harder, which is not the question, but sets up the plot line. Absolutely. Neo makes Orc blush, and whether it is campy rehashed from a previous season's love plot line or just the only available sexy music that was free to license, the editors gave us that 80s love music underscoring as we get googly eyes from the duo. Did you recognize that music you know you got to use the license if you got it i guess right maximizing i mean this is why world of wonders like rupaul just give us all your music so we have options exactly i love on that other program when you hear the licensed music that they own in parts of the show where it shouldn't be and you're like that doesn't sound right it's so much fun love that yes yes um so neil Neo allegedly told Orc he's cute in the cauldron and then allegedly had a naughty dream about him, and she did. Uh, do they have a naughty situation going on? Maybe, but Neo says it's too early to tell. Wrong. We see it. It's happening. It's right there in front of her eyes. Yeah, exactly. They're, the editors and the edit itself is making it pretty obvious. Hoso Astrid, Hoso Astrid, Neo Orc. Uh-huh. Why three seasons in a row do we need this? Yeah, that's kind of how I'm feeling about it. I mean, whatever. If the attraction is there, happy for everyone involved, and it is what it is. But it always feels dicey when they start going down this route of the love affair, because I feel like it ends up distracting from a lot of... Honestly, what I appreciate about Dragula, which is the emphasis on how they create the looks, how resourceful they are, and just the creativity behind all of it so i could totally do without it because it really becomes the driving force of their plot line 
especially mm-hmm. going back with Hoso and Asher. Like the Titan season, it was all about Hoso and, and the duality, and it was just not the Hoso that Hoso wanted to be. And it really, I think, affected their outcome in the season. Yeah, and I can't help but think that hopefully it's not but that could be on the horizon because it's like these are two very strong competitors so mm-hmm. i don't know i hope it doesn't just devolve into this love affair situation scenario jarvis will talk to anna about what they talked about last night that apparently we missed but he wants to see her fucking going for the disgustingness just as he is is disgustingness the new lead boulet single and their answer to the realness by rubel it could be. They said last week they want to lean more into the filth because everyone was screaming that it wasn't enough last season, so. Well, Anna says she just flopped. Blackberry says that sometimes she forgets that Anna's there. I get it. She's playing Drag Race Workroom and not Scream Out Dragula. Absolutely. I mean, we all know that Anna Palactic's been rumored for years and years and years, so she's been mentally preparing for that other television program. Yeah, and now she finds herself in a sort of different position, which, yeah, is probably just very different. Well, JK wants Anna to go apeshit and tells her to scream. And what we get instead is the whole room of monsters scream and Anna just shaking her hands. So she didn't even get to <laughs> that whole segment was just so ridiculous, especially Org like shaking. It was just like so unhinged. And then it's the sound that only dogs can hear the high pitch stylings of cynthia she's back from the dead she saw it coming she sent onyx home as she states that she had plenty of chances to showcase who she was and she didn't deliver essentially she just didn't do any sideshow tricks for two challenges where it wouldn't have worked for what the theme of the week was but okay not our show it's fine yeah, I will say I agreed a little bit around the c- critique that Onyx got with the extra leg being a little bit confusing because it didn't sure. necessarily feel the most fully flushed out. But again, I feel like thinking about the challenge, Onyx was one of the more on theme. So Correct. I don't know. Exactly. Like if you don't have a venue for truly your whole brand to come through in two weeks, like, OK, well, excuse me, like as if that's my fault, right. you know, like, come on. Cynthia says she knows who she is as a drag performer. She says the Boulets see it and she hopes they see it within themselves as now is the time to be motivated and speak the fuck up, do your job and wake up. I think the Boulets know they have television gold in Cynthia. She may not be the most boundary pushing monster, but she is excellent television personality and character. She really is. When she first showed up on screen in the official, in the initial episode, I was a little bit like, oh, I don't really know, but I am so hooked. I literally eat Cynthia up every time she like is just so funny it's iconic television i'm obsessed well cynthia is turned up who knew eating worms could get you that crunk baby and as jk says they know she rehearsed that monologue at home it was giving very very loris eating the brains literally cynthia will give a play-by-play of the biting maggots and um, i was like well i guess it could have been worse and it will be don't worry it will be worse than biting maggots it gets worse she claims she swallowed a few and was chucking up guns gunks of larva ew yeah but i was also like is she exaggerating like was was she really doing yes. all that oh fully yeah, she was exaggerating. She says it was an intense time, but 10 out of 10 would rec- recommend. Are you going to take a recommendation of eating maggots? 
Okay, so on the topic of maggots, um, this was like years ago now, but I was in Scotland and there was a bar that was serving tequila shots that had a maggot in it. And I did that. So I'm like, I will get down with a little maggot. All right. All right. Okay. You do that. Have fun. I will hardcore pass. <laughs> Well, it's a new week, and while they have no guesses for what this week will bring, JK is hoping to change the narrative as they are fucking sick and tired of being called out. They do not understand why their name was brought up on the question of who should go home, Onyx and Cynthia. And here we go with deflection. Fantasia will say it was based on their look, but the, that was just not the question. They were not in the bottom as an option to go home. The question was not who should be in the bottom, Fantasia. Get your ears checked. Work says they all have an opinion, which is fine by JK. But as Anna says, everyone has an opinion just like assholes. Doesn't mean you have to engage with them. Ain't that the tea? Absolutely. Put that on a shirt. Anna, do it. Hurry up. Come on. Anna continues that people deflect because they want to be nice and be friends. And Jay wants someone to just start getting real. The real world. Dragula. Oh my gosh, I would live for that. Real World is forever one of my favorite shows. It's like one of my comfort things. I just will watch it endlessly. So uh, uh, like Do you have a favorite season? I think because I used to live there and it feels like very familiar, even though the names of some places have changed, DC is always a go-to for me. Uh-huh. That was a very good one. Um, it was. It was Mike Manning. Oh. He's an actor now. He's still very hot. Yeah, listen, uh, that was a great season. I'm trying to think of other ones that I absolutely love. I feel like... I love the OG New Orleans so much. Yeah, Danny I... Roberts did a lot of things to me. <laughs> yeah i was in new orleans back in may i guess yeah um mm -hmm. may for a wedding and i visited both new orleans houses i the only i got to do one when i went it was so cool I was yeah like, so i'm gonna like, take a photo yes exactly i'm like so i love to do that because i mean also that's my thing about the dc season two like I knew exactly where the house was, so I would walk by it pretty regularly and all of that. So, like, I have that kind of affinity, I feel like, for what it. What about real-world Brooklyn? Yeah, and then back to New York and all of those. I mean, those are classics, too, but yeah. I don't know. I just think there's something, because also... Maybe if I ever have time, I'll do a whole, like, retrospective of the real world. I would join you for that. That'd be funny. It's one of all my right, favorite... let's do it. Let's make it happen. Yeah, exactly. I and I it. feel like with the sort of newer, if you want to call it that, New Orleans one in the sort of original, not the not the reunion ones that they've done a couple of. Um, that one I also really loved because it felt like there was a lot of characters. There was a lot of drama. Yeah, so, absolutely. Yeah. Come on, be my baby tonight. <laughs> All right. Satana says they don't think anyone was deflecting. People were just speaking their truth as it was obvious to them that JK should have been at the bottom. Okay, monster, go tell that to the Billy's face. Bet you won't because you're dead. Oops, spoiler. Oops. Literally. Like, bye, girl. As Anna reminds the monsters that the only opinions that count are the ones sat behind the desk and the Billy's are enough of that shit. Get the video on. They're like, we don't want to have to defend ourselves anymore. Um, but it's the truth. It is. None of these people would say it to the Boulets. 
Yeah, exactly. It's like they talk all this nonsense and the this and the that, and they talk a big game, and it's like, okay, but you would never. Yeah. Well, the Boulets tease that being dead might actually work to their advantage. The competition might be designed for the living, but this week's challenge may require them to assume a more incorporeal form as they will be checking in to the haunted hotel. They must create a look based on the theme of a haunted hotel. Are they a murdered cook whose spirit haunts the hotel, hell-bent on revenge? Are they a slain socialite whose spirit roams the halls looking for a young stud's soul to drain, always? Whatever story they come up with for their ghostly visage, please welcome to the stage, ghostly visage, <laughs> it must clearly be linked to the hotel theme and they expect to see their brand of drag reflected. Yeah, did you hear that? Reflect your fucking drag. Oh, wait, that doesn't matter only if you're certain contestants. Right. I love that they kind of put that in because it was like they probably felt like they had to just make it absolutely clear. That's a second part of this challenge. They must perform a lip sync number to one of their favorite songs from 1913. What's your favorite song from that year? Yeah, like, I mean, I don't know. I was like, is there even music then? I don't know. How about 2013, 100 years later? Give us give us a song from that year. Oh, boy, 2013. Okay, I'm, like, thinking... I mean, probably... What year was, like, TikTok? Like, Kesha? That, that was, like, 2010. That was, that was early. Oh, okay, that's, like, too early. Yeah, I'm, like, some real classic... Something of that nature, like the... Or like Iconopop, something in that family. That's like 2013, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, like um, I'll give you. I, would you like me to give you some options? I'll give you some. Yeah, options. um, you, you can you can pick from um, "Get Lucky" by Daft Punk, "Royals" by Lord, um, "Started from the Bottom," Drake, "Wake Me Up," Avicii, "Grave," and "Roar" from Sarah Bareilles and Katy Perry. They are not the same song, but they sure sound like it. Or my personal favorite, the Yilvis classic, The Fox. What does the fox say? Oh my gosh. Okay, well, I would definitely go Wake Me Up. I love Avicii. Definitely that. Oh, uh, lastly, this week's Fright Feet will be a little game of chance as they must each select a key, which is a free room upgrade where they can choose to use that key to either save themselves from facing extermination, save someone else from extermination, or put someone else up for extermination. So really, where's the fight in the fright? Not not there. Here right. to host the fright feat is just she's happened to be in town and wanted some coin. It's Dragula's first crown, Exorcister Coco Kane. How does she have anything to do with this theme? I, I was thinking that too it just felt like so random but I was like okay I, it must have been what you Did said she like, do anything really ghost I don't know I, I really think it's probably just what you were saying maybe she was like in town and they were like sure why not you know because yeah it didn't didn't feel in place for me now, if their phantasmal floor show is a flop, they'll be downgraded to a vermin-infested basement suite where they shall remain for the rest of eternity. I mean, they told us. They warned us. They got me, gal. They actually really did. I totally forgot about that, but they gave you the foreshadowing. What would you do for this floor show? So I love the idea of doing the chef and doing, like, a cook mm -hmm. because I also feel like that gives a nice moment. For brand for you. 
I, yeah, very on brand. So that would also just be like, like what they were saying, fitting with the aesthetic of your own drag. And I also feel like doing something as like a chef, it allows you to have a cart with you. You could do a reveal by lifting up a dome over a meal. So I think it really sets you up for a good gag. A meal uh, or a head. Yeah, or like a hand or like something. Like there could be a lot of really great things that you could do. So I, I, I feel like I'm just, go, go with me here for a second. I feel like you would have like a giant butcher's knife just like right in the middle of the head. I feel like your hands would be burned from the oven and the stovetop. Yeah, I, I can I can see you. Yeah, exactly. I can see your death being you fell yes period it could be but then the other idea that i thought that i was surprised that nobody else went with um was like a maid or like a room service like a sort of a housekeeping like yeah like sort of that yeah it's just like that's also a great one because it's like someone is in your room and then like they're a killer or something so i don't know i feel like people really miss some great opportunities in this one now i want to ask one question i know we'll, we'll discuss them specifically they were probably warned at some point that they would have to lip sync a song from 1913. Do you think their brief stated that it had to also be in period? Because everybody, for the most part, stayed in period piece. Yeah, that's a good point. I feel like thinking about it after the fact and like now, of course, that we've watched it, I feel like it must have or they all really must have gotten that context and like interpreted it that way because... Like well, they just saying, love American Horror Story Hotel. Well, right. I mean, it could be that. Listen, some of these like showgirl ones and this and that. I was like, I don't really get how this is a hotel, but sure, I guess. So, yeah, I think they must have been like, we have to do something in the 1913 sphere. Jarvis is thrilled to be checking into the haunted hotel as their character is a ghost. This is what they live for or die for. Fantasia says she feels so good, honey, as it is a lip-sync challenge. The stage is her home. Now peep the fear in Neo's face. They are nervous as they have lack of performance experience, but that doesn't matter on Dragula. Which is kind of funny because they were like, oh, imagine a drag show where they perform and, you know. So the monsters will give their best ghost impression and watching Fantasia looking like she was having a seizure. I was worried for a second. Well, the howling leads to the arrival of Miss Coco Kane, who will give a little rhyme for the ghouls. Blackberry is excited that Coco is there as she is the reason that she is part of Dragula. Thanks, Coco. That's cool. Yeah. Why, 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 why do you think it was Coco who led this specific fright feed? And why did she just restate the obvious of what was going to happen. I feel like we did a lot of that this episode. Were we just filling time? Yeah, there really was. I just, it was one of those things where you really couldn't help but wonder, were they just really short on content? Because Coco herself says it like multiple times in the short span that she's in the episode. So it's like, how many times do you need to remind us about the key? Like, Was okay, she dressed up as a hotel guest? Like, was she part of the theme or did she just wear whatever she had in her backpack? Like, it also kind of felt like that because I wasn't getting hotel anything from her, especially when she walked in and she had like the big staff. Imagine, imagine her dressed up as a sexy maid. That's the look I want. Yes, I agree. So it's also that it just it didn't necessarily feel consistent with the theme in terms of what she was wearing. So I don't know. It was it was a choice. 
Israel will wheel out the keys in their fobs, and one by one, the monsters will randomly select a key. Is there a strategy for this? Do you just go with your lucky number? Was there a way to see the writing on the back as they were dangling in the wind? What do you do? Yeah, I think it, it's just... I would maybe look for something that seemed a little bit different, like you were mentioning. I think that's the only strategy you can take. And I also feel like I would go for one maybe more in the middle because I think it would be too obvious to just put it on an end. But that feels like the best that you can do. I wish that they did it similar to what they've done in previous se seasons where they hide it. Because then that's like, sure. there's an element. Yeah, like there's an element of people having to fight for it, having to run around, it leaves it less to just literally being complete chance. Like that's Because not yes, you're gonna hide it in a room that has literally nothing in it already. Well, yeah, but also, I mean, it's like they could have, so I'm like, imagine this, what if they had put it in a room or like a set that was decorated like a hotel? You know, it's like, I- Imagine I really, that. Yeah, I really thought that they were going to do that because I was like, oh, yeah, okay, it's totally consistent with the theme. That would be great. Didn't happen. Instead, just pick it off it this tiny wall. Now, it could have been some fancy schmancy editing, but when Jarvis picks key number four, Coco is like, are you sure that's the one you want? Did Coco know? Maybe. Like, probably. I would say probably. probably. It is revealed that the lucky upgrade went to the ghost host themselves, Jarvis. Now, if you were Jarvis, what would you do with the power? Would you want to cause drama? Do you want to put some competition in trouble? Save an ally? What's your strategy? So, I think it would have to be a little bit more in the moment to decide, because like you were saying, I mean, I know we'll talk about it more in depth, but if I was Jarvis and things went the way that they did during the floor show, I would have been inclined to just use it on myself just to feel right. Or so I would say that, but then also if you want to use that approach of being like, I am going to be this person who's going to put someone else up for extermination. I feel like you have to be so careful and you have to use it on someone who really, there is a chance that they could go home because otherwise right. you're just, creating a moment of drama but you're making an enemy out of that and that just feels like silly what that what is the point of that when you know that you may be able to be disadvantaged in the future well we won't find out what he does until later but coco is like i'm out have a blessed day and just leaves and that was, was it was it Blackberry, in the worst acting like they are an AI chatbot, will say, Jarvis, how do you feel? <laughs> well, Jarvis is going through it. They're conflicted. Also, Blackberry, stop being the one to initiate conversations. Let someone else do it because you are really bad at this acting thing. It's really, really bad. Orc asks if he will be evil as he thinks Jarvis should use it wisely, though they will overthink it. Satana thinks Jarvis will save himself and not make a big move. The key is burning a hole in Jarvis's pocket and reminds us that in the past, the power has broken friendships, caused backstabbing, and he's nervous about what to choose. But for now, it's just time to get hotel ready. But come on, the way that JK just lifts Jarvis up off his feet like they're as light as a feather, love that. Oh, yeah, it was literally just like a whoop. How tall is JK? The thing is, I don't even think that JK is probably that tall. So that was. I've other... always thought like maybe like 
5'11", 6 foot. Yes. I, I would agree with that. But I'm also like, that doesn't feel super tall to me. That feels a little bit more average height. No, maybe it's just a short cast. That could be. Let's get to work and let's begin by checking in with Rob. He doesn't want to be a victim of homicide. He wants to be a causer of homicide. His guy is a killer. And to add a bit more of a hotel horror, he has lined everything with an upholstery fabric that is in homage to The Shining. He wants part of the hotel in the costume. And I was like, that's so fun. I'm here for it. Uh-huh. He has 11 victims on the outfit, which is a wink to the amazing season five cast. Does that make Throb a victim? Well, he says they were all victims, but really, that 12th missing monster looms very heavy, doesn't it? Yes, exactly. <laughs> like, Do you oops. think we'll ever find out where that 12th person went? I feel like I keep seeing things on like Twitter week after week where it's getting suggested, and I'm like, is it? Maybe as we get Boulay's shut it down. It's 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 not nothing about putting in an airplane. That that they've said that is not true. The Boulay's have slammed that as not a true theory. Um, but what is it with the amount of shows in this year where contestants are not coming? I yeah, it's very bizarre. I don't know. It's like unless something real crazy happens, I'm like, this is your chance. I I I have a feeling it's probably some sort of visa issue. You know, it's probably an international contestant. Yeah, I mean, it very well could be. Because, like, I mean, in a very cool way, like, they've shifted that direction. But, of course, then you do end up with the problem of international travel and visas and all of that. Oh, hi. It's Fantasia. You just caught me working. Listen, if you ham it up and knowledge the bit, I'll give you a point. She did. I, I will allow her to have that moment because it was so stupid and campy. Yes. But... She will say that her inspiration is a surprise. So slightly and politely move on. Okay, that's not how this game works. Tell me about why they just did that. I would love to know that too, because I was like, wow, if it was that simple, why doesn't everyone do that so that it could just be a mystery? And it's like, you're filming a TV show. So to shut down the people who are filming you and presumably also then cutting yourself off from screen time, it's a a strategy. and it, so I was expecting it to be like the winning look of the week. It was going to be this outrageous, amazing look. It wasn't. Why did they even keep it in there? Maybe because they wanted to provide us with like that setup, do a fast one on us. Maybe. Speaking of fast ones, Satana is going with dead gothic showgirl. So herself, she is using a headpiece they created themselves. She says she uses unconventional materials because it's what she had access to when she started drag. She had no money, so she grabbed stuff around the house and would hot glue and piece it together and make it something glamorous. Now, I feel that speaks to your heart a little bit. Oh, absolutely. That Yeah, I mean, that's sort of the way that you have to do it sometimes. It's just like, especially when you have other pieces around, it's really a very resourceful way to approach reinventing. You just repurpose... You do a little bit of this, a little bit of that, and suddenly you got a whole new look ready to go. She says she is not worried about the lip sync because it's something she does. It's one of her best qualities as a drag performer, so she's going to give them a show. Let's get to the key bit. Blackberry is thinking about the key, and Jarvis is giving goofy, funny faces like they were told to, to create a bit. Blackberry will surprise her over her way to Jarvis and use her southern charm to suck up, and Anna sees right through it. 
She is trying to be best friends with Jarvis so she doesn't get picked for extermination. Anna says she would do that. Would you? I think if for no other reason you got to do it because it's a television show, right? So why not lean into that to try and get yourself some more airtime? So yes, I think I would. Jarvis knows that Blackberry is campaigning, but he is not going to do that ever anyway. She's not on her shit list. So take advantage of, of the offer. Also, why in the two episodes that we have some funky little twist, it's Blackberry initiating conversations? The narrator. That's the edit. I don't know. Let's go to another interesting plot point. Throb and JK. Throb says that he can tell that JK is a little down in the dumps and he wants to check in that they're okay. Throb will ring the bell, service bell, so they can have a little chat over in that other set in that other room on this state soundstage. Not, you know, the alley, but the cauldron, because that's available for filming. For JK thinks it's going to be an after-school special. Right. It's going to be an after-school special that they're being pulled aside, but they will listen and nod. Um, also, I'm sorry, I love Throb, but just the way Throb speaks, it's so beautiful and soft and nurturing and caring. It is so after-school special. JK nailed it on the head. Yeah, it really, really is. It's like, okay, I mean... But it's also so funny because then, like, the contrast, right? Like, the voice versus the look versus the character. It's it's like the juxtaposition is just next level. Well, after saying all that, Throb says he wants to check in on them, and JK will just spill the beans about it being brought up that they should be in the bottom and they don't belong there for being too campy, and JK just doesn't know why the cast is something against them. Sure, they were shady, but they were all just being too sensitive. Did They did what they all had to do. They all did it anyway, and I was like, oh, JK, I thought you weren't going to, you're just going to smile and nod. Okay, you're you're having a therapy session here. Yeah, just really leaned into it. Throb says voice. they burned, yeah, go ahead. I think it is really. Yeah, is. maybe like Rob JK... says they burned some bridges. Right. Go ahead. No, I was going to say like maybe it was just JK went into it like, yes, I'm just going to say yes and not along and whatever. But then that soothing voice, it just broke down the walls and created a That's safe true. space for creating conversation. Well, JK has to build the bridges before they burn them and it's going to take some work to get there. He says it's different when you think you are in on the joke compared to when you are the joke. They are. JK. <laughs> I love the name. Branding. Rob tells them if they're making them feel like shit, say something. So JK will strike a deal. JK will be a bit more aware of the shit they're saying if Rob celebrates himself a bit more. They have never seen anyone look more depressed to be a winner. Um, I have. Their name is Seraphim. <laughs> You've been in the room when that happens. You're like, come on, just excitement. You're happy Yes, to win. exactly. Yes, I've been there. I've seen it live. JK appreciates that Throb is coming to them from a genuine place in time when no one else could give a shit. Throb says that fortunately and unfortunately, JK reminds him of his brother, so they hope things can turn around, but he doesn't trust them yet. Very, very interesting conversation here. Um, I have a feeling it's going to be some sort of plot line we will explore later on. Um, I, part of me is wondering, and I don't want this to be taken the wrong way. I'm fearful that we're going to find out Throb may not win because they're not 
dirty enough. They're too nice. Mm. And I know that's a terrible thing to say, but this show, they want a monster all around. Yeah, Yeah, that's interesting because I didn't really think of that. I mean, I thought of it just as sort of being a plot point for this episode based on JK. So I was thinking of it from that angle, but I think you raise a good point. Like, is being that person who wants to support others, who is a little bit more nurturing and all of that, is that maybe going to be the downfall? Well, let's go check in on Neo. They are out of it, and the ghouls are noticing. Fantasia and Satana are worried, so they're going to go check in as Neo will reveal that they talk to their family to let them know they're okay, but they don't know they're on an iconic TV show about doing drag. They told them it was a study activity. Oh, and they don't know they're a woman now and does drag and alternative art. Let's talk about it. They grew up in a traditional Chinese family and coming out to them was one of the hardest things they had. They regret to this day. They don't want to see them on TV or in drag as they don't want to cause any pain as they love them so much. Fantasia will try to tell her that maybe when they see this, it may turn and Neo cries as they don't know how to face them with this new identity. She knows they're a badass bitch on Instagram and in real life on stage, but when they're talking to their parents, they're a scared little Chinese boy like they've always been. Fantasia says it's not what Neo has to do, but she had to break away from her family and learn who she was as an individual and come back around and revisit it. They're living their life for you. Fantasia says it's important to live your authentic self for you as there are so many people out there that have the same story. There have been many times people try to change her by telling her to not get big boobs and surgery, but she didn't listen to them. She created her own brand and now is respected with who she is around the world. Neo says having a family right here right now means absolutely the world for her. She feels loved and welcomed. Now, first off, I think it's no coincidence that this conversation was between three trans-identifying people. Yeah, that was, like, so cloggable. It was just like, oh, the yeah, like, okay, this cohort, oh, just curating. What I do appreciate about this conversation is many a time, not just on television, even on social media, you always hear about the struggles of someone coming out either as gay, lesbian, trans, whatever, and being afraid to tell their family. And nine times out of 10, the conversation is they didn't have to be fearful. Everything ended up okay. That's not this story. And this story is important to hear because this is a reality for people as well. Yeah, completely. And I think that's what it is. I think sometimes we just hear these narratives and even when it's a cultural thing, it can sometimes be like, oh, but it ended up being okay. But yeah, it's like, you know, you have to appreciate when maybe it doesn't go that way or it hasn't gone that way yet. You know, you want to be able to get that sense. It's it's so helpful for representation, right? Because not everyone's experience is going to be the positive one. So being able to bring more of that to the forefront definitely is really important. Why do you think this conversation happened in this moment on the show? I think that it's because I would say it's actually multiple reasons. I think that it's a little bit because in the start of the episode, we had that thread coming through around Fantasia and she's kind of, where is she? She's not really getting feedback. Let's try to maybe draw out her story narrative, all of that a little bit more in terms of how she talked about really embracing herself and really going for that full throttle. 
And then also, I think it's a little bit more as well of a way to continue building the arc for Neo in terms of showing a vulnerable human side in addition to just the incredible artistry. Let's say Tana because I knew she was going to be gone. And they said, let's have all three trans contestants talk. Like pretty much. I'm like, Satana was just literally standing there. <laughs> it is arrival day at the Haunted Hotel. Take me to my suite. JK says if they get this win, maybe people will see them as a competition and not just a punching bag. We know. They told us. And that's just the lovely thing about editing of a reality show. We can read the edit. Exactly. The monsters get into face as Satana is feeling some bad omens. She will try to push through and make it to the end. So we're going to just watch a little mashup of dances. The monsters are going to practice what they will present for the lip sync. Lots of Charleston, which will make a lot of sense when we hear the song. Yep. JK says that there is not a single person in this cast that has a 1913 Scooby-Doo-Doo song in the repertoire. Though I would love to see that. Same. Like, really, let's let's push it. Let's. That should have been the challenge. How can you integrate you know the dance also into the performance mm-hmm. we're gonna watch some fancy feet some partnering and whatever or calls movement <laughs> fully because also i mean how do we even move in some of those outfits and when there's so much up here above your head too like how right. do you even it's impossible Jarvis. Meanwhile, chewing over what they will do, they know they can shake up shit. Neo hopes they won't have the curse put on them. Throb is not super worried for himself, and there that's all they're worried about. Anna is a little bit nervous because of the last floor show. Now, JK wants to know if it feels good to be doing a song from her era, and Anna says, yes, it does. She's, it's probably actually in her wheelhouse. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, I'm sure it is, so... It's just true. You know Sister Cheddar probably has performed it. Oh, 100%. Exactly. Satana says they're worried for Neo as they don't have a strong performance background and the look can only take you so far. Or if you have a mediocre performance background and a terrible look, the rats are ready to feast. (laughs) Well, well, well. (laughs) Cynthia is seen strutting around in her one-woman show as Jarvis says, all the world, Cynthia's stage... And all of us are merely players. Name the reference. The Shakespeare. <gasps> okay, good. I was going to be like, oh my God, do you have to go back to school? No, are see, that was my God. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, I'm not always on top of them, but I got that one. I, most can I of- just, can, can I, can, can I just go on a rant for a hot second when I just made my little jokey reference about allowed to learn Shakespeare in school? Yes. The book banning, the book banning. Okay. No one, none of these people have ever suggested let's ban Romeo and Juliet, which is about underage sex and suicide. Why don't they have a problem with that? Or they don't even know what fucking Shakespeare is. Yeah, they probably just don't even know. I think that's a good point. And then also, yeah, they're just so concerned about things that are more recent and this and that. So, but yeah, you make gay people is worse then suiciding underage marriage and sex. Right. Well, yeah, I mean, and also you think regionally, like some of that's probably just more familiar to them. So oh, you said it on me. I didn't want to go there, but you did. <laughs> All right, it's getting closer to the time. 
The alarm sounds and well screams and shouts and letting them all out. Uh, once again, no movement. The bit is bidding. Yeah, absolutely. Let's head to the main stage. We're in the black light. The boulets look fucking brilliant. I was screaming at this was going to be one of their best looks I have ever seen. Then the stage lights come on. And I was like, then... <laughs> what is this? The costumes are just painted for the black light. Were they tampons? Were they broken buttons? I don't know what it was. Yeah, still days later, I do not know what it was. When I was watching it, for some reason, my mind went to like, are they supposed to be wearing dirty sheets? And the headpiece, there was kind of like a thing in the middle. And I was like, is that supposed to be like a pillow? And they're wearing like a dirty pillow? I have I no know. idea. But it looked brilliant in the black light. And then you saw the color of it. And it's like, it looked like puke. It did. They should have just left them in black light the entire episode. Welcome, foolish mortals. The contestants are ready to conceptualize and create new ghostly characters that fit into the haunted hotel theme. They must show how their incorporeal character died, but they must lip sync to one of their favorite spectral songs. To help the phantasmal spectacle is horror writer and historian and perennial judge Tanana Reeve Dew. And guess who's back in the house? Daddy's home. It's Land Insider. But this look was a bit interesting. I wanted more cohesion, but honestly, the makeup's always on point. It is. And I will say the look felt more cohesive than last week's. So we're like getting somewhere, I think. We're, we're, we're editing. We're getting a little bit more together. So I was here for it. After five seasons... Have you read anything Tanana Reeve Dew has written? I have not, but they're like really putting her in our face. So I'm like, maybe I should. Are they like related? Did she have blackmail on them? Like every season. Yeah, exactly. It's without fail every single one. So. Is she part of the tribe? Yeah, it's just, I. yeah, I mean, maybe they're just like, oh, she's available. <laughs> I don't like is honestly strictly she doesn't have much else going on (laughs) as always drag is art and art is subjective we will be critiquing the monsters as we see them in regards to what is presented and the rules that we have been presented with in addition the only critiques we will use are the ones that are said to the faces of the monsters not during that private coffee talk (laughs) the coffee talk As far as the lip sync goes, we can share our thoughts when we discuss the looks. And the song officially was At the Devil's Ball, originally composed by Irving Berlin. Oh. Right? Yeah. I was like, okay, Irving Berlin. I'm a huge fan of that man. So I was like, good pick. Good pick. Are you going to perform it ever? I think I should now. You should, you should, as your dead chef. Yeah, exactly. Especially now that we have a full concept for me. I'll, I'll I'll do it. I'll do the haunted hotel better than some of these people did. Let me add it. Well, I'm going to just say that this floor show for me was an A+. I was so happy overall. Yeah, it was pretty solid. I think there was like a few that were a little bit 
on the clunkier end, I guess I would say, but they really went for it. Just say her name, Cynthia. I Yeah, I mean, we'll get to it. <laughs> I have thoughts about that. <laughs> Category is Haunted Hotel. In honor of the floor show, we will play Check In or Check Out. All right. Gotta be simple. Throb Zombie, no designers listed. I appreciate the simplicity. (laughs) This was fantastic. For those who may be like, I don't see the connection, go watch American Horror Story Hotel and tell me that this is not a riff of Evan Peters' character. It totally fucking was. I think the colors were sublime. I love leaning into this mint green teal fantasy to tap into the ghost of it all. It is the trend alert of the night. I love the stoning of the pin suit jacket. The mug is exceptional. Throb is a standout and lip sync was very strong. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think that definitely Throb is just one of the strongest people that they have this season. The makeup, incredible. I mean, I wish that maybe they could have, because seemingly from the critiques, they don't get a sense of the jacket lining. So I wish that there was a little bit more of that that came through. But I mean, like the detail on the tie with the skull at the top, it's just, it's really, really incredible. Tanana Reeves says, the look is smoking hot, the hair, the makeup, the sparkles, the details did not miss. Landon says, everything about the look transported them back in time. The only thing that made it not a perfect performance for him was that he didn't see how the character fit in the hotel, but assumed they were a guest. Swan questioned how the character fit into the hotel per se, but as far as storytelling to the music and enchanting her, she found herself perma-smiling through the whole thing. Drax says there is an art form to lip-syncing and he knows how to do it. She says he hit every little bit in inflection of the voice and that's not something every drag artist can do. Mm-hmm. I give this a check-in. Definitely check-in. Audience, 95% check-in, 5% check-out. Blackberry, look by Marsha K. Woodcock, hair by Kiss and Tease. I get the cigarette girl is a trend for hotels from days of yours. And yes, this could have been a great look had the execution been solid. I think the biggest problem was the face. I knew it was supposed to be Ash, but it also read as clown. I think it needed to be more defined and really spookier or gorier. Like, have a fag in the eye. I like the silhouette she is presenting. The hair is perfectly styled and well proportioned. The jewels are beautiful. I just wanted to keep pushing. It's not fully fully realized as a monster. There was just no connection also in the performance. I was very disappointed. I think she was afraid of that um, cigarette box. Yeah, I think so too. I think it just didn't push the concept far enough for me. Like what is also confusing in a way is this notion of like, some parts of the outfit are burned and distressed and this and that, but the hair looks completely fine and there's no mm-hmm. real connection throughout the look in that regard for me. I mean, I appreciate, of course, the fags on the box, like that is clearly a gag. And I liked those elements where it felt like she was playing with danger, so to speak, a little bit more with the cigarette on the tongue and the this and the that. But yeah, I just like, it It came off for me a little bit more simple and it just could have been pushed a lot further for me. I will go soft check-in. I think I'm going to go soft check-out. And that's what the audience said too. 50% check-in, 50% check-out. Yeah. Anaphylactic. Look by Licorice Black. Hair by Florencia Wiggs. This is on brand for Anna. I can see her present and I can see the storytelling. I love the silhouette. I love the mug. I love the hair. I think had we been greeted with a different story, 
perhaps with a blown out head first and a gruesome hole in the head, it would have fulfilled all the fantasies. But I think she was too focused on serving glamour that the Dragula elements became an afterthought. Her lip sync was on point, which when it came to the acting, the death was not. No matter what, Anaphylactic is one of the strongest drag artists on that stage. Yeah, I think for me, it's that notion of just the front. Again, I think it's that piece, right, where just the front looks too clean. So it's sort of when the challenge is this sort of murdery or haunted hotel, you know, you want to lean into that a little bit more. And yes, there is elements in the back and, you know, you can see around the front, there's the little bit here and there. Um, But I think that's what really took back from it overall for me is that I wanted to feel as though there was a little bit more of the dirty, the gritty, if you're going to go for something like a gunshot, like really, again, just like go for it. It's Dragula. It don't don't hold back, really push it, push the envelope. I mean, it could have been played into like a murder suicide where, yeah, you can have the back reveal that you did kill yourself also but show us the blood of the person you kill first yeah right because like what about maybe doing a little blood splatter on the chest or something you know it's like there there are those and also just technically speaking there shouldn't be a ring on the bottom if you blew out the black right i mean that's a good point too like what is the actual does it feel as if it could be real and i just don't know if it really gets there it doesn't push it far enough in that way either Landon says she has so much beautiful, intricate details in the back and knows that is part of the story and wants the surprise and gag, but bringing all those stones to the front of the dress really would have elevated the look. Mm-hmm. Swan says she had great dramatic ideas, but they needed to be pushed further. She says the gun was so effective, but would have backed it up with a physicality that echoed the combustion of a gun and added to the drama. Drax says it's obvious she's theatrical. She says she knows what she's doing on stage and her show is very compelling, but says she sort of did 70%, 75% of it just standing there and saved the story for the last 25%. Nana Reeves says as a storyteller and writer, she loved her story and thinks it's just a matter of not coming in time. Not enough all throughout the performance, but says it was a fantastic look. And once again, I'm going to go soft check out. I'm going to go soft check in. Because I think that it was pretty stunning. Audience, 71% check in, 29% check out. JK, look by Spencer Wayne for Brain by Xanahoria. This is how you command a stage and serve a look. I love the bellhop look where it has all the elements you were familiar with and then exaggerated. The shoulders are brilliant. I love the color story, though I wish the boots matched the same mint teal rather than the blue. The mug is spot on. The brains under the hat was such a brilliant touch. I love this cabinet effect like it's been shoved through their chest for all eternity. The content, that, I was a bit lost. Overall, this is how you make your mark and tell the bitches to shut their pie holes. And as far as performance, the most engaging and very much in line with the period of the music. I loved it. So expressive. And they they use the entirety of the stage. Yeah, I would definitely agree with you in terms of the performance. It felt like it was one of the more dynamic performances in terms of the spinning and the movement and the maximizing and the physicality. Um, I agree with you. I think this execution haha, of the bellhop was a really nice one. I think the chest, I got what it was, but it didn't really feel, it felt like it could have been a little bit clearer i think i very Mm -hmm. much agree with you too in terms of the contents i wasn't really 
getting the full connection there. So I wish it felt just like- I thought it was going to be keys. Well, yeah, because, right, like, I mean, that's what what, uh, what would make sense. So I feel like I wish that that element felt a little bit more fully thought out and developed. But yeah, I, I think for JK, this was definitely very strong. And I think that there's a lot of really great elements to it. And again, similar to the critique that other performers got where they fell short, which was, does this really feel as though your concept was brought all the way through front, back, every angle? JK's was. So I think that was also really stronger right. in comparison to some of the other contestants this week. Zanetta Reeves says was fantastic performance. This is a fantastically original costume. She totally understood the bellhop connection to the hotel. Drax says it's hard to hit the challenge on the head, but they did that. She says despite the edges are being a little rough here and there, overall it was a great concept. She says they know how to perform and they showed them that. Swan says they believe everything happens for a reason, and the reason they stayed in the competition is to show up and share this performance. She says they rose to meet this challenge. And Landon says he was giddy and giggly at their concept. He says it's so easy to find all the different characters at the hotel, but to be the bar, he loved it. I will give it a check-in. Same, check-in. Audience, 95% check-in, 5% check-out. Cynthia Dahl, Jules by Glittergal. I think it sucked for her to come after JK as this was not as strong. In fact, it was incredibly weak. I think the jacket was too large. Do not get me started on the exposed corset. I couldn't even explain to you why it was there. I see zombie more than ghost, but I guess zombies can roam around a haunted hotel. This was just not good enough comparatively, and that lip sync was disappointing. There is a reason why they showed her the least out of anybody on that stage. Yeah, this was so unfortunate because like I was mentioning before, I live for Cynthia. She is so funny. She is so entertaining. But this was just was it was a miss, like quite honestly, because overall, when I look at the whole ensemble, I actually get almost more Christmas. It's like almost toy soldier to me or like nutcracker. Yeah. So it was way more reading that. And then also, like, I think, again, when you're thinking about the whole concept and every element of it, other people did looks where they had a suitcase or a this or a that, and it matched the rest of what they were wearing. Those suitcases look like she just found a couple of extra suitcases lying around and were like, oh yeah, I guess these would go because I'm supposed to be like sort of a bellhop. So yeah, it's really unfortunate because I just think that this was not in in the same line of like the challenge. And I think it was definitely one of the weaker ones as much as I love Cynthia so much check out yeah it's a check out audience you're very kind 50% check in 50% check out Fantasia Royal Gaga look by Leonardo hair by Tilo V for the first time in her story I will defend Fantasia I think she is giving you the reference of all references with her Betty Boop those giant discs on those ears that is what we call pain and horror I do love the idea that she was strangled to death by the microphone. Do I need a bit more haunting in this look? Sure. Could she achieved it in the makeup? Yes, but I really do think she would, did not want to sacrifice the cartoon elements then didn't have the proper tools to marry both. I think this is one of my favorite looks of hers as it felt authentic to Fantasia where she felt 100% comfortable. The lip sync was okay. I think she was thrown by the style as it's something she was not used to. She needed to lean into the Betty Boop quirkiness and cutesy stuff. Yeah, and I think it just, for me too, comes down to that notion of like, what are the other contestants doing? 
And, and granted, you know, like we we say, and like the Boulets say, everyone is in their own lane in terms of what's in their genre and how they integrate the challenge with their look. But like for me, this just felt so simple. And so I think when you're in that same pack of the rest of this cast, and some of them are just so full throttle, when you go this route, yes, it's a clear, cohesive concept, and I get it. But also, I don't know, for me, I felt like it took me almost a little while to notice the microphone in terms of how it was wrapped around her neck. And I thought that element could have been pushed more. Um, and I think just overall, it, it's that same thing that has come up a little bit too with some of the other contestants. I just, I need to be pushed because this is just reading a little bit too simple for me. So I thought it was fine. Drax says she is an icon and performer and they are seriously honored to have her there. She says what might be tripping her up is she's staying in her comfort zone. She says try something outside of your box and show them she can change and evolve even though she's established in who she is. Swan says that what Fantasia looks like shattered through a lens of dark glamour and dark beauty is what she needs. I will give this a check-in. I'm going to give it a soft check-out. Audience, 50% check-in, 50% check-out. So divided this week. Very divided. Or gothic, no designers listed. I saw this as like a mater d at a fancy dining room or maybe the band leader. I like that he pushed the elements of the makeup and utilized their brand of technique to give something different. That being said, I'm still confused by the story. I think the thing with Orc is there is always some sort of disconnect. While the face is brilliant and the jacket works in the world of a period hotel, it's the fucking club kid boots which get another pass. And I need cohesion or at least a discussion on why Orc get a pass and no one else who ever wore those goddamn boots ever did. I was quite surprised by the lip sync. I think he was much better than expected. I saw the life of this character when they were alive. Yeah, I mean, I was pretty obsessed with this. I absolutely thought that it was one of the strongest of the week. I agree with you. I was clocking those club kid shoes and I was like, why are we not talking about them when one of the most iconic pieces of the show is that people get read for filth every time they wear something even close to the club kid shoe. So right. I don't really know what that was about. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I agree with you. I think also seeing the performance, it just felt very like haunting and really, really cool. Um, and yeah, I mean, is it necessarily the absolute most hotel centric? No, but I think it's clean, it's together. I'm really here for it. I really enjoyed it. I will go soft check-in. I'm gonna go check-in. Audience 65% check-in, 35% check-out. Satana, look by Abora. Hair by Tony Medina. The problem is not that she looks like a beautiful lounge singer from a period of days gone by. It's that there is no life to this living dead. I think the color is so muted and really fights with the glory of the feather headpiece. There is no perspective to the look and the storytelling is on the minimal side. How'd she die? Strangled? Then show us why those marks are on the neck. What killed her? Satana is not a really full realized monster and i don't think she will be like she reminds me of someone like kendra onyx stay in your own lane do what you do don't try to mold yourself into this character for this show yeah i pretty much agree with you it's just 
it doesn't feel like super together or cohesive in a lot of ways for the reasons you were saying. It's like, you've got this like white, white headpiece, but then you've got sort of the dark feather boa, but then somewhere in between in terms of the color of the garment itself. And it just didn't read hotel to me. It's just, it's also like pretty simple and it's just some loose fabric in my opinion. Um, like you were mentioning the concept of maybe how this person died is just not there. I don't know. I like have not really been about anything that she's delivered this season. So it was not doing it at all for me. And maybe, maybe she checked out sooner than we think. Cause that damn lip sync was mediocre. Like, did she even know the words? I mean, that's a great question. Cause also like before I think they did like one of the confessionals where she was like, yep, I'm going to nail it. This is my thing. I'm a performer. Can't wait. And then, yeah, it was just sort of very like meh in terms of the actual execution of it. Like it didn't, it didn't feel like she had really fully thought about how she could lean into it and really make the most out of that opportunity to do something that she feels is really a strength. Tanana Reeves says she loves Everything from the head, the hair, the face, but struggled with wanting more pop out of the dress. Drax says, performance-wise, she still feels a little bit of fear behind her eyes. She says the number one thing is to feel confident on stage, and when you don't, the audience sees it immediately. Swan says that this group is very formidable, and unfortunately, she was very outperformed. Landon says it comes down to the performance and the confidence, as they saw her thinking a lot during her performance, and she missed some opportunities with the boa. He could tell she didn't know what to do with it, and it speaks to maybe that they didn't rehearse with it, but says they look beautiful. It's a check out. Yes, definitely a check out. Audience, 25% check in, 75% check out. Jarvis Hammer, look by Jarvis, hair by Hee Hee, suitcase by Brian G, stickers by Nuclear Banana. I love this look. I think the color story is in line for Jarvis and it works. The marriage of the mint and the gray is fashion and ghostly. The makeup is wonderful. The presentation is unmatched. The whole thing with the hat. I don't even think it was needed. I didn't even know why it was there to begin with. I think if it was either a full-on hat or and not like pipe cleaner realness, I would have had no worries. I'm enamored by their drag. I love the life that Jarvis gave in this performance. Yes, I think so many elements of this look are incredible, really well thought out. I love the like huge buttons on the jacket and just everything feels so cohesive and the tonality of all the colors, the whole story fits together really well. Unlike Cynthia, you've got the suitcase as well that fully matches the entire rest of the ensemble, which just brings the cohesion to a whole other level. I'm on the same page as you about the hat. I just like don't think it was necessary. Ultimately, it got in the way and took away from the performance. And I think the look overall, because the rest of it just looks so good. And then you have this just like, sort of almost like a prototype feeling version of a top hat. So I wish that, that was not there because then I think this would have been almost perfect. Drax says he is an exciting performer and they are all excited he is there. She says this is kind of a competition to lose and says it feels like he's holding back a little bit. Jarvis says that they put too much pressure on themselves for this challenge as it's their fucking hotel and they wanted it to be so. He says if anything went slightly less than perfect, it threw him off a bit and says that he has to be, she says that he has to be wild in the situation and hope for the best. Cue the hat falling off in the critique. Swan says when the hat flipped, it brought him to outer space, but says he is so great and wants him to feel at home there. 
She tells him to relax into it and know that Jarvis Hammer is a force. And I say, check in. Yeah, I, despite the hat scenario, I will give it a check in. Audience loved it. 100% check in. Nia Hulu X, look by Nua, 1997, hair by AJ Kai Kai. I don't know why people have a problem with the storytelling. She is a bride in the bridal suite who got murdered by her husband after he found out she slept with the best man. I think this is by far the best she served all season long. I, it's accessible. It's stunning. The makeup is breathtaking. I really love everything about it. Their performance was a bit reserved, but it worked. Yeah, I, I would agree with you about the performance, but I also think it's just one of those things where someone who is newish at performing, maybe that's an element of it. Also, when you're wearing an outfit that is that large and the the form of it, it's probably a little bit restrictive. So I feel like probably it was the best type of movement that could be done. You know, I, I think I kind of agree with a little bit of the critiques of I think the narrative is pretty clear other than the mirror frame, although the mirror frame is completely stunning and I really enjoyed it. Uh, yeah, I mean, this was just so strong. It was really stunning. I really, really enjoyed it. Landon says they looked incredible and says it was so inventive the way they have the frame built into the chest piece and says it's genius. Tanana Reeves says, talk about the wedding from hell. She is not quite sure what went down. Drax says she doesn't understand why they don't all stay. She's a bride at the hotel who tripped and fell through a picture frame and died. A, pic a picture frame? Come on, it's a mirror, bitch. Yeah, it's very clear. Swan says, did the look scream hotel? Not necessarily, but what she is most impressed by was how well she performed the song. Drax asks how many times they performed live before, and Neo says three or four. Drax says that if this is where they are after that many times, she has a bright future ahead. I'll give it a check-in. Definitely a check-in. Audience, 90% check-in, 10% check-out. Now Jarvis has asked what he will do with the room upgrade and Jarvis has decided to make things spicy and puts organic up for extermination. Do you think this was a smart move? I would say not really, honestly, because yes, Lame. I get that notion of wanting to be like, I'm not afraid to make a move. I'm here to play the game. I'm a serious player in that regard, but you just like know that they're not going to go home. So like, why take that shot when then again, you're putting yourself in a position where you just never know what the remaining weeks are going to bring. And maybe there's a chance that that's going to come back around to bite you. Is there a possibility, because it wasn't discussed, that they thought perhaps it could be a bottom three and, and Jarvis felt that they could have been number three with Orc right above them? See, I would have maybe, I think it could have been for me, I would have taken maybe the shot at Cynthia. Because for me, that feels like a good, you want to play that of, you know, people who are probably towards the bottom. And you want to be able to like, basically say, I took that shot and they're in the bottom because of me or whatever. That was really for me the way to go. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, and I think to to what you were saying, I feel like then in that case, maybe you just save yourself. Cause I feel like that's what I would have done based on just how it seemed right. as though Jarvis was feeling with the hat falling off and things just not going as well. I think I would have at that point just read it as look, I mean, people are probably going to be like, Oh, that was the safe way to go. But I would have just lived with it and be like, just take me out of the equation. 
Neil, Throb, JK, best of the week. JK, the winner, Blackbirds of the Year, safe, leaving Jarvis, as are Jarvis and Fantasia. Anna and Santana are for extermination, as is Orc due to the room upgrade curse. Do you agree with all of these results? Because I don't think Neo should have been in the top based on the critiques. Yeah, honestly, I think that the I really feel like the winner should have been Throb again because that was just so incredible. So I would say that. Um, yeah, I mean, I think Neo. I can see it. I think I can see because also I would say almost the opposite. I actually thought that maybe Org would have been in the top, but then was put in the bottom because of the key. So I guess maybe I would change that um, in terms of the top placements. Um, the bottom, I pretty much, I would say I agree with the bottom. I think maybe I could have seen Blackberry in the bottom. So I feel like Blackberry and Anna were maybe a little bit close so I potentially would have made that tweak to it as well. I would have put Cynthia in the bottom instead of Anna. Well, yeah, I mean, actually also that. I, I like, it's almost like I keep forgetting that Cynthia was not actually in the bottom. <laughs> because... It's almost like they're like, Anna, just, we know you're not going home, but we need to like make you do something. Yeah, it, it did feel a little bit like that. Well, they will be sent to one of the most undesirable suites left in the basement in order to prove they can face their fears and show they are bad enough bitches to remain in the competition. They must report directly to the rodent rotten room where they will be strapped to a bed and covered with cheese. And once fully secured, a pack of hungry rats will be released and will be not only gnawing their flesh, but also their soul and wake them from the dead, a.k.a. an OG night from Thursday through Wednesday. Period. <laughs> Come gnaw me. Come on. How would you do with this extermination? You know, it's one of those things where I was sitting there and I was a little bit like, oh, yeah, okay, I could maybe manage that. But I will say when they dumped the amount of rats on them, I was a little bit that more like, it. yeah, I think it was maybe also just the visual of just dumping the rats that took me a little bit aback. And then the when the challenge is actually happening, I think the piece that would be really hard for me was what Anna points to of like the rats are pooping on you. And that is just so repulsive. So I think, I don't know. I'm, you know, I'm like, I could probably do it, but those those couple of elements really gave me some pause. <laughs> now, before we get to the libations, we hear from Satana, who says she's embarrassed and hurts and thinks her time is up. Was she about to quit? I was like, is this for a narrative girl? We will watch Santana speak to a producer saying that she doesn't think she has much to offer to the show. She says maybe it was drag delusion and thinks she served it on the floor show. It is drag delusion. She says she doesn't think she has what it takes to make it farther and says, everyone have a great time. She's out. I keep on calling back to last season. Is she just trying to have a half-baked Melissa moment? Yeah, or also I'm thinking too of like Madeline Hatter and that iconic, I'm out, I'm but not that, doing that. That was iconic. Well, that's, but that's what, yeah. I saw it, that's She always had a line. Right, exactly. That's why I'm like, I think it's sort of an almost an attempt at 
a Melissa B. Fierce or a Madeline Hatter. And it just, like, girl, you're not giving. Like, you just look sad. No. Satana knows that she will go as Anna has not been up for extermination and Orc will stay because the only reason they are there is because of Jarvis. Well, let's go find out why Jarvis chose Orc. Well, he will say it was a tough choice and that JK was considered heavily. He says that JK will die by natural means and Orc is one of their stiffest competition. All of their competition. Jarvis thinks that Orc lives, laughs, loves filth and expects the thank you card for all the fun they will have in the extermination. Ew. <laughs> Just ew. <laughs> if she had, if he had put JK up, do you think they would have revealed that JK was going to win and that would have caused the amount of drama for the rest of the season? Yeah, honestly, I think that could have been a possibility. So that feels like a missed opportunity for some drama. But also maybe like Jarvis just literally did not think that that was possible. I don't know. Right. With the bottom still not in the room, Fantasia will say the judges loved Satana's look, but her performance was meh. For Anna, they said it was the personality. Throb would love to see where Anna is after extermination. Throb wants to see fire, and Anna will come in and say, you want to see fire? Bang, bang, into the room, bitches. Um, I love that song. No, you, who, who, which, which verse do you take when you have to perform that song? I mean, it's got to be the Nikki. Yeah, Nikki, Nikki, you're a raptress. Absolutely. Satana is still feeling discouraged and didn't think to be in she'd be in the bottom. She tells the monster that she came off the stage ready to leave, and they're like, oh no, don't do that. Don't talk yourself down. The reminder that she has her extermination to go, as Fantasia says, turn it out like you did the first time. But she will then tell us that quitting is a slap in the face. This is a competition. You don't give up. Do you agree? Yeah, I mean, I like, not that Satana wasn't saying anything that's not true. I mean, it very much felt like the writing was on the wall about who was going to go home. But it's it's that. It's like, girl, you signed up for a competition and only one person's right. going to win. And it, this is your moment to show a wider audience of people than would ever see you otherwise, like what you're made of and what you got and what you can do. It's just when you put yourself in that position of suggesting that you're going to quit or all of that, it's like people aren't going to respond well to that because it's also that piece of there are so many other people that would love to be in your position and love to be having a forum like this. So it almost feels like you're throwing in people's faces. Blackberry will try to talk her up, calling her a badass bitch and has beat so many people just being in the competition. She spent, quote, hundreds of thousands of dollars to be there. And I'm like, hold up, is that fact? If she did and Blackberry did too, demand a refund. Also, Fantasia and that eye roll, I don't think she believes that uh, dollar The amount. Fantasia face was one of the best parts of the episode when it was like thousands of dollars and then they cut to Fantasia like dropping her jaw. That I screamed at that. I literally screamed. Hundreds of thousands of... What, what? Sorry, purple eyes for me. Why would you say that? Yeah, I, I just genuinely do not know. Because I'm like, what? Like, on some fabric? I mean, especially for Satana. I'm like, on some feathers? What kind of birds were those from? Because <laughs> really... 
Zatanna tells them that the blows have been ever since episode one, and Throb tells her that if she stops fighting now, it is over. Throb thinks it's shit that Zatanna wants to quit, and her attitude is not going to help her. She keeps saying she was embarrassed, and Anna's like, it is embarrassing, but put on a brave face. Life throws shit at you, and you have to deal with them. She gives us her own version of uh, I'm Eva Destruction by saying she's Anna fucking phylactic, and she's been doing drag for fucking 12 years, and she deserves to be there and have fun. I'm like, at this point, the callbacks have to be deliberate. Yeah, because I think we're we're deep enough into it that it can start going drag race route in terms of being self-referential in those ways. So yeah, I agree with you. She says she is not going home. We'll stay all night with the vermin if she has to. And I say, you do that as a hard pass for me. Now, how does Orgotic feel about Jarvis's decision? Well, he's going to get in Jarvis's face and say he's going to kill him. And he will be that meaning a ghost forever. Um, Honestly, I kind of believed Orc. And I oh, think will be like, this is fine, you're dead. And then be in jail and be like, wait, I really killed him? Yeah, exactly. I'm like, I would be terrified. <laughs> Jarvis simply wanted to send a message and tells him to think of it as a compliment. Now, JK has something for Orc. And not as a compliment. What's the concept there? And Orc is like, you're criticizing me as the winner? Yes. And Orc says, this is their approach and they will keep staying orcotic and being... Uh, and then he's like, I don't know what you are. And JK is like, okay, calm down. We're really grasping at straws. Um, the fact that Orgotic's like, I don't get what you are is like, okay, maybe it's a cultural thing. Yeah, because I was a little bit like, have you never been to a hotel? Like, I, you know, it's pretty obvious. It was one of the most hotel-centric looks. So I don't really know. Well, JK will not heed Throb's advice from earlier and stirs the pot by saying, even without Jarvis's curse, Orgotic would have been up for extermination. Now, you already said that you don't agree. Yeah, I, I, don't I definitely don't think so. I think that, like we were both saying, if nothing else, Cynthia, I mean, come on. JK says that Orc had to overexplain, which Onyx got in trouble for episode one. Speaking of, Onyx says, hello, the severed leg was in the briefcase the whole time. What? Yeah, that also killed me, but I was like, of course, Cynthia has it because like that just fits for her television like incredible nature of who she is and providing entertainment JK wants Orc to be killed and then Orc says fuck you and JK is like I want you to I'm available what? (laughs) listen why not? are we having uh, another love triangle? maybe we're trying for it gotta mix something else in there well, remember that cheers because Orc's going to spill the drink on JK. I would have been furious. Oh, same. That is so rude and so obnoxious. I like literally- honestly on certain television programs, that's almost up for expulsion. Yeah, exactly. I was like, wait, I almost didn't believe that it happened at first because there was just, I mean, maybe it'll come to pass next week or something, but it just felt like they kind of, except for the slow-mo of it, it felt like they kind of just breezed over it. And I was like, are you kidding? Wait, that was a crazy moment. Yeah, yeah. It's time to go meet the rats. We're back in the spooky alley filming a location where one by one our monsters are about to get strapped down as they get covered in cheese before the rats arrive. 
And this one felt like the longest extermination challenge. It was so drawn out, and all I did was scream at the television at 1 o'clock in the morning. The fact that the cheese was in Orc's mouth, fuck off. Like, literally a creep. Like, like fully living in that element of just being a gross creep. The brand is so strong. It had to be, like, 20 rats, right? Easily, yeah. I mean, they, like, the visual of the bucket dumping, it stays with you. <laughs> in the crotch, on the face, in the wig, that was way too much for me. Of course, Orc liked it because it was warm. Why has nobody made a meme or anything about Anna and the rats, knowing that her technical drag child is the rat queen, Banksy? That is a great question. You're providing some real fodder for the internet here. So someone can take that. Crossover. And... Yeah, someone, you can put that, uh, now that you put it out there, someone can really take it and run. How long do you think they actually had to be there? Five minutes, 10 minutes, an hour? Yeah, I was probably going to say, if I was to guess, maybe 20 to 30 minutes. Now, you mentioned the poop. If I were anaphylactic, I'd say, okay, this is how much it's going to cost to get it dry cleaned. Thank you. I'll take a reimbursement. It's a white fucking dress. Yeah. Yeah, and the fact that, like, they made her keep it on, it's just, like, so unfortunate because, like we were saying when we were going through the looks, it really is, maybe if it wasn't the most challenge-centric and didn't scream the theme, divorced of that, it's a beautiful outfit. So having rats crawl over that, I would have been so upset. It's like, you're not like Satana who's wearing a couple pieces of fabric wrapped around you. It's like that... I mean, that's, like, really stunning. <laughs> Do you think a poor PA had to clean up all the rat poop afterwards? Yes, definitely. And I'm sure that was absolutely disgusting. And in between each take, because, again, they didn't do it together. Yeah, yeah, so exactly. I mean, they would have had to clean that mattress multiple times and make it look fresh again. Worst jobs. Let's head back to the worst the jobs. Let's head back to the haunted hotel where someone is about to check in and die. And that is Satana, as expected. She gets locked in her room. There is an homage to the Here's Johnny. And Axe chops through the door as Satana gets the axe from Swan. Bye-bye. Also, please note that the sheets in the room on the bed were the pattern of the wallpaper of the haunted mansion at Disney. Okay, see, I'm not familiar enough to catch that, but really many times throughout the episode, I was like, are they almost doing a Disney reference? Like, this is very Haunted Mansion. This is so interesting. Mm -hmm. I would, I would never expect... Material. Yeah, yeah, I would mm -hmm. never expect a crossover between Disney and Dracula. It's just, like, so wild to me. So I think we're all on the same page. Sat Satana was the one who had to go. Oh, completely. I mean, I 
think that she was incredibly lucky to make it through the week before because I don't know, I still don't know what that was in the relation to the challenge. So that was wild to me that she wasn't in the bottom last week. And this week, again, it was unfortunately a little bit weak. I think that, you know, she really also put herself in hot water by talking about wanting to quit. It's like, if you're giving that energy and it's still so early, then there's plenty of other people who are going to give better television and keep fighting for it. So it was clear. It was like the only decision. I got some burning questions to wrap up this podcast. Are you ready? Ready to do it. What is Satana's legacy? Um, being, I guess, resourceful, some hot glue drag, some taking what you got and doing whatever with it. Sure. I mean, <laughs> I was least excited for her in the preview podcast. Um, and now I just continue to feel yeah. very happy that I was right on that one. Yeah. Who won the episode? Who had the best episode? I, well, I mean, I think JK. I, I Absolutely. Mean, yeah, exactly. Like, I mean, even, I think even if JK didn't win, there was those elements of showing, like, actually JK could be a competitor here, even though their drag doesn't look the most expensive. Like, there is a lot there. So I think being able to have an episode that showcased more of a skill set, more of a range, more of like, yes, actually, I deserve to be here, definitely a winning episode. Yeah, the starry arc was very strong. Are they going to win the season? Probably not. But I think it leads me to the next question. Who will be eliminated next? It's possible they could say, you you did great. You got your win. Thanks for playing. JK, bye. I hope that doesn't happen. For me, it's got to be Cynthia. Unless something amazing happens between Cynthia and Blackberry, I'm not impressed. Yeah, I'm. Th I'm thinking... That it's still a little bit too earlier for early for Cynthia to go because she makes incredible television and she's so compelling to watch. So I could see her lasting a couple more weeks. I think that definitely Blackberry is just sort of fading into the background a little bit. So could be Blackberry. Fantasia too. I mean, I don't know. She really needs They're not to cutting her. They're not cutting her. Yeah, I mean, I guess I could see that, but I'm also just like, she's not really giving to this point. Like, No, she's not. No. After three episodes, the winner of the season is? It's got to be either Neo or Throb. I'm going Throb. I'm really excited by Throb. For me, Throb has delivered three weeks in a row where I got all three weeks and understood it. Neo has not done that for me. This is one out of three for me. Orc, I know that they're pushing the narrative, but until there is some feedback about the boots and why they're not calling out the boots, the hypocrisy is just stench. Yeah, well, and I think, too, the reason also that I'm leaning, I mean, certainly in terms of just the top two and probably a little bit more so leaning towards Throb winning the season is that I also just think it's time for another drag king to win, right? Like, that's part of their whole thing about Dragula is that it actually is a full spectrum of drag performers and drag kings are so welcome and I mean yes this is season five so they haven't had a ton so to speak of seasons yet but I think it's just it's that time again and you have a really really strong king on the cast so why not go that route 
I agree. We'll find out soon. All right. Where can we find you on social media, Venmo, and any projects you want to plug? Yeah, absolutely. So you can find me on Blue Sky at OG Fag. And then you can also find me on Instagram. My handle is OG double underscore Fag. And on Instagram, um, I recently just got a ball pit that I put in my home. So you can expect some really great ball pit content. <laughs> I saw it and I was like, Five Nights at Freddy's uh, Realness? Honestly, it could be because I'm like living in the ball pit right now is a rose gold disco ball, uh, mermaid Barbie, because of course, um, and a skeleton shark. So like you're getting a real mix of things in there. We're going to get an animatronic at your house next. It's going to happen. I would love that so much. I think that's one of probably the only things that mi that's missing. I've got a little bit of everything in here. Well, it was a pleasure having you back. Go enjoy the rest of your night with the rats. Yes, thank you so much. I'll be sure to look in the nooks and crannies for them and welcome them into my home.